a lot has changed since the legislation that created Texas Technological College was signed in 1923. The name of the school is a more obvious difference. The many milestones between then and now weave into a history of Red Raiders' biggest moments. How do you tell a story a century in the making? This is Listen in Lubbock. For Texas Tech Public Media, this is Listen in Lubbock. I'm your host, Sarah Self Walbrick. The Saddle Tramps, the Masked Rider, Raider Red, these are icons of Texas Tech's history. As the university celebrates 100 years, local storytellers are sharing the lore behind our traditions. Weston Davis is a producer on the PBS side of Texas Tech Public Media. And for full disclosure, he's also my husband. I promise he's getting no special treatment. Weston spent the past several months sifting through history to produce an hour-long documentary about the university called From Here, a Texas Tech story. That airs tonight at 8 on PBS Channel 5. And if you missed the first broadcast, you can visit ttupublicmedia.org for more information. Weston's here to tell us more about producing this kind of project. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Weston, start by telling us about you and your connections to Texas Tech. So I'm from here in Lubbock, and I spent a lot of time in my early days with my grandparents. They would keep me while my mom worked, and I would spend a lot of time on the home computer in in the office and at their house. And they had a bunch of knickknacks and things on the wall. My grandfather was a policeman, so he had a bunch of patches and awards and things like that on the wall. And and my grandmother was an artist. Uh, She was a school photographer, but she liked to do crafts and things like that, too. And so she had a bunch of supplies out all the time and and different knickknacks on the shelves and things like that. And I remember growing up, two things stood out to me. One was a little statue of Raider Red, which looked a lot like Yosemite Sam. I think it was a early rendition of the Raider Red character. And then there was also a framed picture of the tech seal with the fountains and the flowers and everything. And it just blew my mind when I found out that was in Lubbock. Not to the point where I like would ask to go to tech or anything like that, but it, it, it stirred my curiosity from a young age. And it was always kind of expected that someday, yeah, I'd go to tech too, even though I never really set foot on campus until my senior year of high school taking senior pictures wearing my grandfather's old tech letter jacket from when he played you know basketball at tech how do you think those connections impacted the story that you're telling in from here so from a very early age i had this idea of texas tech being kind of a wonderland a magical place and i never knew that it was in the same town because we never really came over to tech very often fast forward to my senior year of high school i was dating you at the time and for anyone tuning in late uh, the host sarah and i have been together forever nearly and the years keep on getting better and better Okay, back to Texas Tech. My senior year of high school, my grandfather gives me his old uh, double T letter jacket from when he played basketball at Tech in the 60s. Uh, He gave it to my mom when she went to Tech in the late 80s, early 90s, and now here I was in 2012, and it was my turn to wear Papa's old Tech jacket to college. So it's 2014, and I'm about to transfer to Tech, and I've already decided I'm going to be the Buddy Holly of movie making, so I find an internship at KTTZ-TV, where I happen to work today, and I was so impressed with the work that they were doing, I I interned again for them my first semester at Tech after I transferred over from South Plains. I was lucky I got to go to Alaska to work as a production assistant with two of my mentors, Paul Allen Hunton and Jonathan Seaborn. 
I was hooked on filmmaking and storytelling, so I spent a lot of my experience in tech shooting short films and student films. And fast forward again, and I'm a video producer at KTTZ TV. I hear about a tech documentary opportunity for the centennial, and I eagerly threw my hat in the ring. I told Paul and John, I'd like to take the lead on this if y'all will let me. Paul said, absolutely. He had all the faith in me. So I got to work and quickly realized I knew next to nothing about my alma mater. Panic set in. I drew up a couple hundred sticky notes from all the Texas Tech timelines I could find and posted them all up and down the stairwell at the TV station. I needed a visual to represent Tech's first century, so I was pacing up and down the stairwell for days. I spent a ton of time digging through the Southwest Collection, old university dailies, and Toreador articles online, and uh, looking through nearly 100 years worth of La Ventanas, the more I learned about Texas Tech, the more I really began to understand and love my alma mater. During this experience, I went to my first bonfire, and I got a front row seat to film what was going on. It was so cool. Um, It was such an experience. I, I blasted Terry Allen tunes all the way off campus and became a true Red Raider that night. I just was blown away. The band was there, the fanfare, everything that was going on. I was I was really sad. I, I missed out on some of that as a student because I never sought it out. So how do you think that those connections to the university and your experience as a Lubbock native impacted the story that you're telling in From Here? My connections to Lubbock and to Texas Tech impacted the story in a big way because I'm from here. And that's where I kept kind of gravitating back to anytime I'd kind of get lost or not know what I was doing with making the film. I would always kind of think, you know, I'm from here and anybody from here can tell Tech's story. Uh, They just need to look in the right places and, and kind of have the right attitude. And so the most important thing to me was that this story felt genuine to what Texas Tech is. And I I started to realize truly from here, it's possible from this one building could grow this massive university just 100 years later. Don't give away everything, but what are some highlights of the film? So the film starts off in a very Ken Burns kind of fashion. I work at a PBS station, so I drew inspiration there. The film is narrated by Lubbock artist and legend Andy Wilkinson. I needed a big West Texas voice to be my storyteller. And so, I, you know, when we found Andy and, and he was he was on board, I was really excited because he ended up being a big resource to me because as we'd be, he'd be reading the script and things, by the end of, of a day of recording, he'd say, well, I can't believe you left out John Doe or or, or this specific kind of thing. And and then I'd be thinking about it and looking into that specific thing that he would mention. And gosh, he was right. I'd need to, you know, and so I'd go back to the drawing board a lot when I was working with Andy. Just he kept me accountable and he kept me with his institutional knowledge and being from around here too, but just for longer than me. And he, he was able to really give me a lot of insight into some of the bigger events in tech history that I might have overlooked or didn't initially have a way to kind of work into my from here it's possible motif but as we kind of move along through the arc towards the end of the film we have some more interviews we talked to the first Raider Red Jim Gaspard who made the costume in his dorm room out of chicken wire and and, uh, newspaper clippings and stuff and you know those first Raider Red outfits are a little terrifying but they're really cool to look at and to know kind of where we've come from so that's some of the from here with that Um, we have some interviews dealing with the first woman to be master writer at Texas Tech, Ann Lynch. And then we have uh, some archival interviews from uh, Marsha Sharp talking about the, the 93 basketball win and some of the strides that they were able to make for women's athletics with Title IX. And we work the film, I mean, all the way from 1923 to 2023, essentially, for the most part. The research process for this film was intense. How did you go about diving into a century of history? So that was tough. I mean, a hundred years worth of anything is is a lot. I mean, it just so when I settled on that from here, it's possible motif that helped a lot. 
but then I was really cautious of like, well, gosh, what if I'm leaving out some major players? And and eventually I had to kind of tell myself, no, you need to tell a Texas Tech story, not the Texas Tech story, but you need to tell a Texas Tech story that's worthy of the centennial, that's that people are going to be proud of, that people are going to be able to look at and say, you know, I'm from there. I, you know, I'm from Texas Tech, and and th- that was a, you know, something that, a film that they can share with others and and potentially their their children and kind of show them like, you know, this is this is the school I went to, this is the school you should go to, um, those types of things. What other behind the scenes details can you share? So I had a lot of fun making this film. I'm a big AV nerd, and so I've got a bunch, you know this, we've got a bunch of old TVs in the garage, VCR, Betamax machine, a eight millimeter tape player, all these different things, slide projectors. And I love playing with that old stuff, and I love filming that old stuff because it has a texture and a feel and a sound, and it's very genuine. And looking back at 100 years of, of Texas Tech, you know, they were telling Texas Tech's story starting 100 years ago with these tools, with film, with tape and all these different things and with old TVs. And so some of the cool effects that I was able to pull off was just filming my old, you know, I'd set up three cameras and film the entire Lady Raider basketball game from 1993, the championship game from three different angles uh, so that I could cut between and get just the right motions and just the right frames to help me tell tech story in the best way possible. I also set up an old film projector and had that rolling and, and played, you know, some some tech film digitally. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a camera trick, but I'm real proud of that. We were able to do all that in camera. There's also the doing more with less motif, and that kind of comes from growing up around here. Just kind of do the best you can with what you have. That kind of West Texas attitude, I really applied a lot to this film. And so there would be times when I'd be in the edit and I'd realize I need a shot of Holden Hall. I need this, I need that. And I would jump in in the car and go risk a parking ticket to get my shot and then I'd head back. Or they'd be unveiling a statue and I'd have to, you know, hop in my car bright and early Saturday morning and go get it because I knew that it would help me tell Texas Tech's story uh, in the best way possible. Tell us something new that you learned about our alma mater. Everything. (laughs) Because again, you know, like I was saying earlier, I went to college to get a degree and get a job and be a filmmaker and start telling stories. And so I never really put much energy or effort into understanding text traditions until I started on this project. And so while I was a student, I just kind of would make short films and things like that. And so some of the things I learned about tech was... Gosh, I learned 100 years worth of, of history about tech. I had over 100 pages of research. I had this big, massive timeline document that I was just constantly pouring through and searching and, and pulling in different resources and, and trying my best to understand all these different stories and trying to connect these different stories from decade to decade was a big challenge, but also a lot of fun. And once I was able to kind of find those balances of like, how do I get from A to B? How do I get from the 70s to the 80s or the 90s and those types of things? Um, It's by telling these stories about Texas Tech. And what would you say you learned about Red Raiders through your research? You mentioned doing more with less being one of the consistent themes. Yeah, so as Red Raiders, looking back over our last 100 years, for a lot of it, we were kind of the redheaded stepchild of colleges and universities in Texas. And so we had this underdog kind of complex and this chip on our shoulder, but in a way that was like, you know, yeah, we're at the time out in the middle of nowhere, but we're going to make something out of this. Yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere, but we need a medical school. Yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere, but we're going to get a law school and we're going to do all these things. And so there's so many stories and that I was able to put in the film, like early on in the Texas Tech story, the Goan band, the only instrument they owned was an old E-flat tuba and some old, not really uniforms. <laughs> they were all torn up. And so 
going from that to one of the best bands in the country and going from this like chicken wire newspaper clipping mascot head that was made in a dorm room to like winning national awards for a mascot, you know, and, and for cheer and, and school pride and things like that. And all these cool things that have come out of Texas Tech that started from really humble beginnings that started from, yeah, you can only have this much. What can you do with it? I like to think I did more with less, just like the Texas Tech way. We talked through your existing connections to the university at the beginning of this show, but tell us a little bit more about how producing this documentary changed your connection to Texas Tech. Well, I kind of keep touching back on it, but when I was a student, I didn't have as much school pride. I was from here. I, you know, would wear the double T and things like that. I had some pride, but it was very surface level. You know, I'd never gone to a football game really while I was a student. I never went to a bonfire. I went to my first bonfire filming for this project because I happened to be walking across campus one day getting some shot that I thought I needed. And then I see a bunch of saddle tramps building a, a bonfire. Basically, they're throwing all those stacks of pallets up there. And so I run over there and start talking to them and say, hey, you know, can I film this? When is this? happening. It's tonight. Okay, what time? Uh, Well, one of y'all let me pass the ropes. I got to get a shot of this. You know, it was really cool to kind of relive some of that college experience with the lens of an observer, trying to learn more about my alma mater so that I could tell a story that was genuine and respectful and honest and one that Red Raiders can be proud of and that they can appreciate. Weston Davis is a producer at Texas Tech Public Media who just finished his first film, From Here, A Texas Tech Story. You can watch the documentary celebrating Texas Tech's centennial tonight at 8 on PBS Channel 5. When we come back, we'll hear how students are documenting Tech's centennial celebration. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Listen in Lubbock. I'm your host, Sarah Self-Walbrick. Texas Tech University is celebrating its centennial this year. It's a milestone that will be honored all year long with events and other commemorations. Red Raiders have been a key part of sharing the university's stories. That includes local PBS producer Weston Davis, who we heard from in the first half of the show. His documentary, From Here, A Texas Tech Story, airs tonight at 8 on PBS Channel 5. You can't tell a university story without its students. That's why I invited Ariana Flores, the editor of the Daily Toreador, to tell us more about how the student newspaper is marking the school's 100th year. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. So start off, just introduce yourself to us. Okay, my name is Ariana Flores. I am a senior from Arcola, Texas, down south in Houston, and I'm a first-generation student, and I'm excited to be here. You're a journalism major, correct? Coming up on the end of school? Yes, ma'am. I will be completing my education in May. Exciting. What do you know what you want to do next? I don't. I really think I want to go into the newspaper industry once I'm done or in the sports industry. But either way, I think I'm ready for whatever I have planned. Exactly. That's a good position to be in, to be open to just whatever comes your way. How long have you been at the Daily Toreador? I've been at the Daily Toreador for four years. This is my fourth year. I started right into my freshman year. I applied as a uh, senior in high school to the paper 
and received a job in the summer and started working right as soon as I got to Lubbock. That's rare. I feel like I know very few people who stuck at any student organization for all four years of college. What's made you stick to this? Um, so really at the Daily Toyota, I really fell in love with writing and with reporting and with the campus in general. So it really kept me involved and it allowed me to know what was happening around campus. And I enjoy, I, I guess I'm a kind of a know-it-all. So I, I enjoy knowing what's happening around campus and being able to tell those campus stories. I've been called a know-it-all myself. Listeners of the show will probably not be surprised to hear that. So I can relate on that front. What would you say is one of your favorite Texas Tech stories that you've reported on? So I wouldn't say necessarily reported on, but managed. My favorite one that I've done so far was managing the Centennial Carol of Lights that we recently did. It was a lot of fun. So during our staff meeting, I basically had all my photographers planted in certain areas and we uh, talked about what kind of shots we wanted. We talked about what images would really tell the story of the kickoff to the Centennial year. So we planned that for like three or four days, um, planning out who was going to be where, why they needed to be there, who was going to get certain credentials, things like that. And so figuring that out was super rewarding. And the end result was awesome. We had over 100 pictures go on our website and then um, multiple pictures go just crazy viral. It was just really a blessing. That sounds like a really cool experience. Tell us some more about your current team at the DT. So my current team, I have an editorial board. Uh, as the editor-in-chief, uh, we have a huge editorial board of seven members. It's Maddie, Carlos, Chris, Wyatt, Jules, Kira, and then myself. And then we have two editorial assistant, James and Mariana. So the rest of the staff, they are reporters and photographers. They help us with the day-to-day -day and what happens around campus. Like right now, we have some reporters going out and shooting what's happening at the sub and different things that are happening. So I'm really, really happy with the staff that I have and really, really just thankful for the big group that we have. It's been a really, really fun time. And I've been here as the editor a little bit over a year now. So just seeing people grow mm -hmm. uh, as reporters and as students is so amazing to see. It's very rewarding. I totally right. get that. What role would you say the DT currently plays on campus? So we have a mission of educating, informing, and entertaining our students. And so that's really our job on campus is to meet our audience where they are and give them the coverage that they want. If they want to read about student profiles and what's happening in academics, what's happening in sports, what's happening around campus, we make sure we are that. And also just covering the daily life of campus and what it's like outside of Lubbock. A lot of other college newspapers look to us and we look to them. And so it's a good balance. You mentioned y'all's Carol of Lights coverage. How else is the DT honoring the centennial? That's a great question. So I know, so this week, actually, on Thursday, we will be publishing our centennial edition of the Daily Toreador, and we will be publishing for, it'll be across campus for people to pick up, and um, we have a lot of things honoring the centennial, and more than that, honoring the students. That's our main perspective this week, is how the students have made up the centennial, and how Texas Tech could not 
be what it is today without the students. So that is our take on the Centennial. And then every Friday on our website, we have been posting Centennial profiles. The first one we did was over um, Dr. Henry Schein. He is a chemistry professor who just turned 100. And so um, we did a profile over him the first week of this year. So when he turned 100 and Tech is turning 100, it just kind of worked hand in hand. And it was a great profile. Mariana wrote it and I interviewed Dr. Shine for it. And it was it was a great profile. So we're just honoring the people who have made Texas Tech what it is today and honoring the students who have contributed to the legacy of what is being a Red Raider. I'll be sure to link to the Daily Toreador's centennial coverage in the web version of today's episode. You can find that at ttupublicmedia.org. The student newspaper has had a few names through the years, but remains an important voice in the campus community. Can you share with us some of the newspaper's history? Yes, of course. I love talking about this. So we have been publishing since 1925. We published uh, in October, a few days after the first day of class. And after that, we've been publishing every single day. Back then, printed papers were the thing, and they published daily. We do still publish daily. We publish daily online to meet our audience. Not as many people pick up a printed edition anymore, but we still have a monthly edition. And we moved from uh, daily to weekly to monthly. So we have never missed a publication date in our entire almost 100-year history. We're almost as old as Texas Tech. Um, We're a few years short from our own centennial at the DT. So we are very, very proud of that, that we've never missed a publication. And every day you'll see our website updated with great content and with things about students that students want to read. As the editor-in-chief of the student newspaper, you are now a part of Texas Tech history. Who knows, you could be recognized during the bicentennial celebration in another 100 years. What does it mean to you to be a part of our university's history like that? It means a lot. Coming from Arcola and being a first-generation student, I really never expected to be a part of an organization and be part of something bigger than just myself. So it was a really big deal for me to kind of work my way up and become the editor. It was a really, really proud moment for me, and I've seen some of the past editors and what they've done, and I'm glad to have have my name on that mantle as well as them. Many of our listeners have some connection to tech, whether they're alumni or they maybe work at the university. What do you want them to know about what it's like to be a Texas Tech student in 2023? I want them to know that there is a lot of construction happening right next to campus um, (laughs) that everyone loves to talk about. And I want them to know about how proud people are to be a Red Raider. I go to events and I go to alumni gatherings and I see alumni who are just ecstatic to come back to Lubbock. And I really think that speaks volumes because a lot of to want to come back to a university means that you really do loved it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of students have that same kind of love. They go to class, they bleed red and black, they go to games, they participate in student life because they are involved and because they are proud to be a Red Raider. I think especially with this graduating class and with a lot of us going through COVID, it was hard to kind of have that kind of loyalty 
to a university, mm -hmm. but being a Red Raider means that they are loyal to the end. They are super loyal to the university and to the Red and Black, and I think that's what it really means to be graduating and to be a part of the centennial year. We've talked a lot about the past 100 years, but what do you hope happens for Texas Tech in the next 100? I think, I hope in the next 100 years that there is a bigger shift in diversity and inclusion and um, they're doing a great job right now, don't get me wrong, but you can never have too much. You know, seeing m more things about the Hispanic Serving Institute and what Texas Tech is and who makes up Texas Tech is really important. So I'd love to see a little uh, more diversity and inclusion in everything that we see in the campus. And I'd love to see what the DT does for the rest of the 100 years that we're here. Ariana Flores is the editor-in-chief of the Daily Toreador, which has diligently documented Texas Tech's first 100 years. Thanks again. I'll link to several Centennial stories and resources in the web version of today's show. Find that and more local programming at ttupublicmedia.org. Until next time, thanks for listening in.